Hey guys, Mike here from the Sell Your Service podcast. This week I'm with Mark Warden, who runs My High Digital, which is a local to me in England uh, digital marketing company. They do website design, emails, everything. We're going to be focusing particularly on emails. Mark's a great guy, he speaks a lot of sense, very, very down to earth, really, really heavily promotes the idea of working with a return on investment. We're going to be focusing particularly on email marketing, which you can both use to find more customers and help your customers find more customers. If you haven't downloaded your free marketing plan from the Sell Your Service website, go to sellyourservice.co.uk forward slash marketing hyphen plan. This marketing plan is designed specifically for digital creative professionals like you. Uh, it's completely free and comes with a template and basically goes through a lot of the stuff that Mark actually kind of brings up. In the meantime, let's jump into it and uh, say hi to Mark from My High Digital. <laughs> Hello everyone, uh, welcome to the Sales Service Podcast. I'm with Mark Warden. Mark, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm really good. Um, Mark, before we kind of jump into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is you do, how much you make, you know? <laughs> um, I, I run what I would regard as a, as a digital agency. Um, I used to work in-house. Uh, I specialised in online marketing for about oh, six years. Um, so that I got fed up of working for other people, making money for, for one business. I wanted to work with a lot of people, get a bit more variety. Um, so I set up my own company around about oh, a year and a, just over a year ago. Um, I have around about 55 clients. Um, and very much focused on um, working on areas that I thought that other people don't focus enough on. Um, so delivering a return on investment. Uh, any business wanting to use me will want to make money. Um, so putting reporting structures in in order to understand that, um, and and generally helping people um, in a specialist area where they don't necessarily have the knowledge to help themselves. Yeah, yeah. it's funny that you mentioned already return on investment and the amount of people particularly when I say, oh, I'm, I'm only interested in working with you if you want to make, want to make money. Yeah. I'm surprised at the amount of people who go, oh, uh, I'll think about it then. Why are you spending five grand on a website then? It's a, it, it, I think the problem with websites in particular is that people see them as a see them as an expense rather than a re revenue generator. Because yeah. I mean, I, I would look at a, I look at the, the life term of a website being you know three to five years tops. Hmm. Um, if you get the wrong decision at the start, then you're potentially costing yourself you know hundreds of thousands of pounds for the yeah, sake yeah. of saving saving one. Um, and every business has cash flow, but um, sometimes you need to make a decision whether it's worth holding off on that decision um, to get a new website so you have the funds to get the right person to do it, or, or you know, rushing it through because you think you need one in, in order to, you know, particularly at the moment, hit the Christmas rush yeah, um, yeah. and and end up chopping your chopping your own hands off for, for the next three years. In particular, I want to talk to you around the, the return on investment. You also do email marketing. Yeah. So. Uh, what I'd really like to explore is, is the relationship between you selling email marketing, mm -hmm. a customer having a website, and how those two you know generate money together. Is that something that you kind of have to explain to customers? Um, I think the I think the, the premise of the premise of selling email marketing is very similar to the the person that's going to end up using it because um, I view online marketing as someone is going to make a decision or a procurement decision for your service or a product yep. um, at some point in time. Um, the thing that a lot of people struggle with is that that decision may not be at this precise moment in time. 
So if I, if I walked into a room, so I gave a talk to a group of 20 business people, asked them how many people need a website um, or email marketing at this precise point in time, none of them are going to put that yeah. up, principally because they're scared to jump on them. Yeah. Um, and then say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll build your website um, or I'll do your email marketing. Um, but at some point in the next two to three years, depending on where they are in that cycle, they will realize that they need email marketing or they will need a new website for their business. Yeah. Um, so then it comes down to how do, I, how do I take from that moment in time where I've stood in front of them in the room, I have their full attention, um, how do I create contact points with that person um, up until the point where they need, to, they need to use my services. So whether it's an email, whether it's a website, whether it's social media help, no matter what area they need help in, um, okay. how do I get contact points and create them in advance of that? Um, so the way I use email is very similar to the way that I'd encourage other people to use email in that you are creating a relationship over a longer period of time with yeah, a customer. Um, you, can you can break that down into two areas. Um, new customers generating more revenue from your site, capturing information and then building a relationship after they've left your website and keeping in their minds, particularly given that they may be looking at two or three other websites. <clears throat> and the second is how do you create loyalty with your customers? How do you keep them coming back? How do you increase the level of revenue that you get per customer? Um, if you sell a product, is that product complementary to other products? How do you let them know about it? Yeah. They've bought this, would they like to buy that? Um, and ultimately, um, there's a lot more revenue to be generated for the majority of businesses in creating more revenue from their own customer base. Yeah. Uh, and in encouraging repeat purchase um, encouraging uh, knowledge of new products um, and also you know spreading the word so encouraging sort of viral marketing through email encouraging them to refer a friend on got one yeah. from M&S the other day they sent out a, a online code about two weeks ago uh, with 10 to 20 percent off for friends and family you forward it on all of a sudden they capture that email yeah someone else captures the email and if you if you walk into any next store at the moment they're probably offering you somewhere in the region of say 10 to 15 pounds off of their products purely because they can put that price point on that email because yeah. it is generate revenue when they start emailing you you may think oh i never spend any money from from an email um but the average the average revenue derived from a, a pound spent on email marketing is between eight and twelve yeah. uh, so so people out there do buy from email um and they buy when they want to make that decision and ultimately the amount of contact points and the relationship you have with them building up to that point is going to decide whether or not they buy from you yeah i mean that's <coughs> you've kind of yeah, basically for anyone who you might want to go back through that marcus basically explained the abc's of email marketing um which is really good of you so cheers for that um and i think <laughs> the point that i really picked up on there is that people try to move from they found you and discovered you and they know you exist and people try to jump straight away to buy and I'm like there's so much that goes on you know um, in between email marketing is a really great way to kind of do that you know the um, do they like you do they trust you do they understand what you do all this kind of stuff um, rather than trying to move straight into buy and then you mentioned again this weird thing called telling people stuff like I, I've always found it really funny when people are like but how do you how do you get someone to know about your other products I'm like you tell them, I guess. I don't really, <laughs> you know. I yeah. don't know how to make it's it any more. It's not a British thing to do, is it? It's no, to, it's to sing your own praises. That's a really good. Um, but idea. I'd also say that the the higher the value of product or service you're selling, so the the more money anything costs, 
the more the risk associated with that person that's buying the product. Particularly if you go back to the website example, if someone's going to spend five grand on a website, ultimately they're not going to know very much about websites. They're going to know about their business. That's where their passion is. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, it's five thousand pounds that's going to be spent in an area that they don't have specialist knowledge in. Yeah. So with any decision that they're going to make, are, are going to come things that they believe that they must have, things that they would like to have. And ultimately, uh, on the flip side of that, perceived risks. So, you know, what are the risks of this purchase? If you buy an iPhone, are you are you worried yeah. about the battery life? Um, are you worried about the you know the bendiness of the phone? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> all, all these things, and, and you can answer and you can build up credibility between yourself and the person that's buying from you. And 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 a big thing I think with any online marketing is is creating a level of trust because people. Yeah. People buy from people ultimately, yeah. um, and and with online marketing, any area of online marketing, you can come, you can become slightly remote. Um, yeah. So if you're on social media, um, you can quickly forget that the person at the other end that's tweeting you mm. is at their keyboard. They're on their phone. They're a human being. They're going to buy your services ultimately. So you, a human is buying from a human. It's only the technology in between the two that yeah. is facilitating the conversation. And you can get very, you can get very obsessive, and you can get very worried about functionality. And, and technical people can start throwing loads of acronyms: PPC, SEO, yeah. Yeah. SME, and you know, yeah. all, all these acronyms at you for, for no apparent reason. When really, ultimately, all you want to do is understand what your customers want, what they're worried about, tell them about how you answer what they want, and yes. also negate what they're worried about. Yeah. Um, ultimately, if you do that, website copy, email copy, um, and build, build that level of trust, then, yeah. then they're going to be that much more likely to, to buy from you. Can't guarantee that they will. Um, no, but, but then, <coughs> but then all you do is increase chances. Yeah, and with the increasing chances, that's all you really try to do with marketing anyway. That's at the, at the core of it is marketing is increasing the likelihood that someone's going to trust you and, and be interested in buying from you. Yeah. I mean, I think. The statistics I've seen. You, you mentioned there that for every pound revenue you generate, yeah. So every every pound spent on email marketing across the UK um, yeah. generates between eight and twelve pounds in return. See, that's huge. That is enormous. You would you would take that in any other form of form of, of marketing your business, um, and ultimately, if you're looking at the cost of the campaign, um, then you're looking at say I don't know, somewhere in the region of ten pounds per campaign plus two p per email. Yeah. Uh, now, if you think about the amount of companies, particularly in the southwest, quite a traditional area, the amount of companies that still send out their traditional brochure, they still send yeah. out the traditional magazine, it's getting less and less. But yeah. if you take that as a price comparative, um, you know, it's completely, you know, it's off the charts with email. Um, with um, with the email kind of content that goes out, do you help and do you consult with your customers with that, or do you kind of expect them to do all of it? What's the relationship there? Um, a, a, a massive thing actually about email marketing um, and marketing in, a ge in general is that the people you're the people you're connecting with don't have much time, particularly online, particularly in their email box. So you know the average yeah. person probably seventy to hundred emails a day. Yeah. Um, you know, some of them will be Terry's downstairs with the sandwiches. Some of them will be important. Some of them will have to action. So we have to make split second decisions on what's important to us, yeah. what's relevant to us. So the initial thing is that it comes down to design and, and familiarity as well. I mean, it's something that's often yeah. overlooked. Is 
is how how your email is laid out. That's good. And, having, and building that familiarity with the person that's reading it. So you have that first section that's you know the new product. You have that next section that's your sales section. Yeah. Um, if you look at all of the biggest retailers retailers in the world, you're looking at you know Next, Amazon. If you buy technology, eBuyer, they all have a very very familiar yeah. template now. Um, yeah. And a lot of work will go in with the client in terms of understanding what it is they're, they're looking to gain from email, understanding their business as a whole, um, and thinking about things that they may not have already thought about from email, yep. um, and then building a template and a structure for their content that's going to be built up over time, yep. and repeated over time, and repetition of, of brand message um, and familiarity with your with your email content is, is crucial to its own success, because you know what it's like. If I send you an email today, I completely reformat it, send it with a different header, yeah. change it up. You have to go, you know, it, it's learning from scratch again. Um, and people people do love repetition yeah. for familiarity. Um, they don't know it, but they, but they do love it. It's the fastest way uh, to, not fake, but certainly putting the foundations for trust, I think, if something's yeah. repeatable and, and reliable, if it's the same you know instantly people begin to recognize yep. that um yeah i think that's some great points there really really good i mean what's your what do you think the biggest myth is about email marketing i think the biggest myth is probably that it's dead <laughs> yeah yeah the social social media um a lot of people have said that social media will kill email marketing um yeah, and that. there's always been those those little dawns over the last 10 years where People have come back and they said, "No, email. No, it's dead. No, it's yeah. all over now." I remember people social, said that about texting. Media. Texting, yeah. Yeah, people or were like, "Well, now they've got texting." Snake on your phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to email that? Perfect. Um, texting, yeah. Or, or there was um, God, the guy that owns the um, the American basketball franchise, um, Denver Nuggets or something. I can't remember. What Denver it's Nuggets. <laughs> is it the Denver Nuggets? I don't think it is the Denver Nuggets. We now. Denver.io. Oh, he's, he's quite he's quite famous. Uh, <coughs> it is a Denver Nuggets. You're absolutely right. No, it's the basketball team I'm after. That's no, that's the Denver Nuggets. Is the basketball is team? Let's have a look. Wrong Who's team the, anyway. <laughs> I've got the wrong state. <laughs> uh, Stan Kroenke. Uh, that's the guy that owns Arsenal. You know. Is it? Stan Kroenke. Yeah. All oh, right. I don't know anything about football. No. So, oh, dear. Uh, I know everything about basketball though. God, what's he called? Killing me. He's a really famous guy, but he he came out with this this new app, um, and he said that it was gonna it was gonna get rid of email because yeah. it was a bit of like a Snapchat with emails. So you read the email. Once you read it, you either replied to it or it's gone. Now for me, right. a lot of these things come sounds awful, doesn't it? Come <laughs> along and and they they quickly go again. But email still has that role. In, particularly when people opt into your communication, they, they want to hear from you. Yep. Your customers want to hear from you. You've got stuff to tell them about. Yeah. Why not do it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think there's, there's two other factors that are quite important to email marketing. One is planning. Um, yep. now, a lot of people will send an email out because, oh gosh, it's Tuesday. Got to send one. Oh, I was supposed to send my email newsletter out. Yeah. They'll send it. Um, and and you know it will be rushed. There'll be a couple of typos in there. It won't have much of relevance to anybody. Yeah. Um, but a lot of businesses, the majority of businesses, no matter what line of business you're in, have have an element of seasonality. 
um, and your email should complement that. So the example I would give is if you sell into if you sell into all retailers, so little boutique shops, yeah. um, you have a product range that are going to be popular um, in September, October. Um, you need to be emailing those those retailers and building that relationship two months in advance. So when it comes to the purchase decision of their customers, yeah. they've got your products, they've got your stock in in store. Um, or even if you take even if you take tourism as the ultimate seasonal business, mm -hmm. um, people will rush to buy a new holiday in January and February yeah. purely because you know we're living in the dark, we're like moles, it's very cold. Yeah. Um, people are dying to go anywhere yeah. and book anywhere just so they have something to cling on to yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they'll be doing that in January so what are you doing in advance of them doing that yeah. um, particularly if you've got a lot of repeat trade how are you facilitating that yeah. are you giving them a slight discount are you giving them um, a referral fee if they recommend to other people yeah. you, you need to build in that seasonality and that planning to what you're doing yeah. so that you're hitting people at the right time with the right message Particularly um, when, enough. yeah, particularly when um, you know you begin to talk about marketing out, or however you want to do that, your product. And people say, "Oh, I don't know if people want to hear about what I'm doing." I'm like, "How on earth do you expect to sell anything then? If people don't even want to hear what you do, yeah. why are they going to want to buy it?" I, I don't. I don't think you can. Uh, I think as a business owner, as business, you can't. You can't afford to be bashful because yeah. um, you know ultimately. Um, a lot of companies offer a very, very good service mm. and a very, very good product. Yeah. Um, yeah. But ultimately, if the person that offers a lower level of service and, and a, a lower grade product, if, people, if more people know about them, then ultimately yeah. more yeah. people might be buying a product that is of less quality than your own mm. purely because you're, you know, you're, you're only telling your wife in the evening. I've, yeah. you know, did this brilliant yeah, yeah, and she yeah, says yeah. oh my oh my gosh yeah. um, that is awesome yeah <coughs> old yeah 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 no I, I literally it is I think my biggest <coughs> bugbear particularly when I work with other digital creative guys like WordPress guys and and graphic designers they're like oh my customers aren't interested I'm like all right how many do we do we, you email a week none how on earth do you know whether they're interested if you're not talking to anyone? I don't understand. I've it's such a simple thing to do as well, to begin to build an email database and start yeah. talking to people, you know? I think, the, I think the thing that I struggle with most in the area that we, we do is that a lot of people do what we do. Um, and the most worrying person doing what we do that I can ever meet is the person that doesn't have very many clients or hasn't got much work on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I always said to myself, and, and people said to me when I started my own business, God, how are you going to find people? How, how, <laughs> how, how, where, where are your clients going to come from? Yeah. And I just looked at them and I honestly said, look, if I can't find myself clients, I can't find anybody else clients, yep. I can't be very good at what I do. I should stay in house. Yeah. Someone should give me a salary, yeah. and I should just sit there for the next forty years yeah. <laughs> because really I'm clearly point. not great at what I do. That's a really good um, point. But if if you if you can facilitate for your own business, then you can facilitate for other people's. Yeah. And and what sets aside a good digital marketing person from from an average one is an understanding of what's relevant and what isn't relevant. Mm. Um, so sometimes clients will come to me and say, "Look, I need an email," you know, or. 
can I be using email marketing? And you'll start talking about the business and you'll say, look, email marketing will deliver a return for you. I think it's really good. Yep. But here are some other things that yep. perhaps should take priority. Yep. And it won't always be if someone's coming to me for email marketing that they end up using me for email marketing. They may end up using me for other areas yep. or purely idea generation as much as anything else. Because yep. when someone rings, you know, I've, I've never been the sort that you, you should start billing someone as soon as you talk to them. No. Um, and, and a lot of people will go away with ideas um, and to be honest, some, some won't come back um, they'll, they'll run the idea and, and try it themselves um, others will come back and say look really need your advice really appreciated your help last time you know how about email now and I said well yeah ABC is in place the D right email let's run with it yeah I think my favourite particularly when I have customers um, who come to me and they say, oh, my nephew or so-and-so has told me that I need to get into social media or I need to get into email. I'm like, okay, well, we're, just, we're gonna stop there and rewind it back. What is the goal of your email marketing or what is the goal yeah. of your SEO campaign? They're like, oh, I hadn't really thought about that. It's like, oh, that's shocking. <laughs> So if you if you took a straw poll of a hundred people on social media at this moment in time on Twitter, yeah. business people ask them what is what are your objectives on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, brand growth. Brand growth. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the two Damn. words sum up poor marketing, brand awareness, intangible. Intangible. Yeah, you're right. I've yeah. worked with some intangible ma managers in my time. And that, do you know what really winds me up about the word intangible, right? If I had a plumber and yeah. my bath was broken and, they, and I said, how much? He said, 600 quid to repair it. I said, oh, cool. What, will it work? And he went, well, the results are going to be intangible. And he went, <laughs> well, you're the worst plumber ever then. I want to be able to have a bath without water spilling out the side. So if someone yeah. goes, oh Mike, you know, how much money is the website going to generate? And I went, well it's intangible. I'd be like, that's an awful investment then. I think, I think the, I, I think you can, you can push it either empathy, you can go completely intangible, but you can also say, look, here's, here's a level of realism, here's the, here's the profitability that you're striving for at the moment. Um, and here's here's how we're going to get there. Yeah. Um, because what I'm keen to say is, usually clients will say to you, right, I turn over a hundred thousand pounds, or you know, no matter what the figure is, I turn over a hundred million. Um, they all have, no matter what what level of income they have, they all have a target for the next stage. So yeah. the person yeah. turning over a hundred might want to turn over a hundred and fifty. Yeah, have yeah. a nicer holiday, buy a big car. Um, a person turning over 100 million will certainly have a board and they will want to be driving dividend payouts at the end of the year, yeah. might be able to turn over 120 million. Um, so similar, similar growth in terms of percentage, but what I always focus on is how do we get from A to B yeah. Um, yeah. and the steps that I need to put in place. And that won't always be the most obvious, obvious areas because sometimes you'll go to a business and say, what's doing really well? what isn't doing so well um, and all, the automatic assumption is that what's not doing so well is probably not doing well you know, because it, it's, it's just not going to work yeah. and what's yeah. doing well is where all the time and investment should be should be yeah. Yeah. Really because it's probably you know usually if, if you have a staff member that likes an area it's the area that they'll devote the most time to yeah. Yeah. Facebook Twitter yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, you know those people yeah. exist <laughs> uh, Particularly in house, yeah. um, 
So it's, it's nice to be on Facebook. It's nice to be on Twitter. It's social. It's, you know, it's a good job. I'll send the tweet, hashtag lol. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, all of that jazz as opposed to other areas where you're like, oh, I've got to build it. I've got to write the content for my email. Oh, I've got to put it in zero. I've got to test it in my inbox and stuff. And it becomes a more arduous task. And because, and, and everybody's guilty of doing this, you spend more time on the areas that you like doing of course. than the areas you don't. So when automatically when you go in as a consultant to a business, you need to get those people from here and spread them more evenly across across the the spectrum, and that that usually includes email. It includes the grubby side of email, which yeah. is data. Um, and I I haven't met any. I've I've worked with data controllers, and I've never met a person that likes data. Um, we had uh, yeah. some guys at uh, <coughs> my old corporate job in London who were fanatic about data like they were all marketers ground, ground level marketers yeah. so honestly they nothing excited them more than bringing them like 50,000 new leads because they, honestly they would pour over it I'd never seen anything like it uh, I mean they weren't they were animals actually when you go out drinking with them but yeah. they were sort of like you know the type of people you can go okay what's you know 2058 times 1,090 they'd be like mm, and just work it out like the type of people that wear short sleeve shirts yeah pocket protectors yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, like data. I think data, like like anything, is is often at the crux of of because it's a resource. You know, it's a commodity. Yeah. If you want to make, let's say, you want to make ten grand and you've got five customers, that's mm. ridiculous because you need to then make two grand off each one of those customers. If you increase that data size, yeah, you can drastically reduce the amount of you know. Money that you need to generate from each uh, from each person, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, that's a really good point. Really good point. In terms of planning as well, it's it's worth noting that even if you're not doing email now, are you collecting emails? Yeah. Um, because yeah. ultimately, at some point in the future, you're probably going to want to start leveraging. Yeah. The value of those emails. So it, it goes from you know. If, you look at ultimate marketing. You look at you look at collecting emails at, at trade shows. You look at collecting them at, at events and, and through through different marketing initiatives. But ultimately, the the best driver of email database growth is through your own business processes. Yeah. Um, so whatever business system that you have, does it collate emails? Whether or not you're you know you've got a CRM system or whatever, where do you get those emails? When yeah. you get and, and how do you use them in order to add value, not just to send an email, but to add value? Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing as well. I think emails, people are like, oh, I don't want to be seen as spam. I'm like, if you think you're going to send spam, then I've got a magic solution for you. Don't send it. There you go. You should be delivering, like a while ago, I, I sent out an email to my database on the woman who wanted a 99,900% return on investment, right? It was just a little blog article I wrote. I just said, look, I want to share it out. And yeah. I had ne the response was incredible. And it, all it was was a blog post. And I thought, actually, this is quite interesting. Mm. And people went nuts over it. And it wasn't, I wasn't even trying to pitch anything or sell anything. It was just, here's a bit of value. It's, it's, it's slightly strange in that the, the best email campaigns you'll, you'll send won't be the ones that you think are the best. Yeah. Uh, I, I give a little story where in the space of two months, sent my first email newsletter, um, and I had an article I'd thought like you know proper award winning stuff here wow yeah. <laughs> yes. take note pull it it's like an opinion piece on, on I can't remember what it was now but absolutely delighted with the article I could read it all day yeah. um, and I thought 
these people send it out by email. They are gonna love this. This is gonna blow their yeah. minds. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Pack up, go home for the day. Yeah. Life changing stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I, I send that out. Response. It was all right. It was okay. Didn't blow my mind. If anything, devastated. <laughs> But the next month, I sent out a, and I always remember what it was, I sent out uh, five mistakes that businesses make on Twitter. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay, it's reasonably obvious, it's putting hashtags and everything, it's following then I'm following immediately, mm. you know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, all those, it's all those basic things that people do on Twitter. Um, and to me, completely obvious stuff, nothing, nothing you know, earth moving or anything like that. Mm. Sent it out, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah response everybody clicked on it yep. everybody yep. shared it people went on their own twitter accounts and shared it yep. um so the next month i took that in mind did a repeat did it with facebook yep. facebook business page again went completely completely nuts yeah and and moral of the story is don't don't always think that the content in your mind is the content that people want yeah because you're not who you're selling to yeah um yep. and ultimately learn from what you're doing um, and content marketing, etc. Always learn from what you're doing. Yeah. Um, because if you're, if you're not getting better, you're just standing still, and other people are catching up. No, great point. Really Start well. making up my own metaphors now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's when you know you're a real marketer. When don't don't stand still. Yeah. yeah. People will catch up. Yeah. You'll be on one of those little <laughs> motivational posters next. Um, what's next for you? What's next for your business? Snacks for me. Um, we're doing a lot of work in web design at the moment, which yes. obviously leads on. I mean, usually if you work with a client, website is usually the the hub or the central axis to which everything else drives traffic. Um, so if I look if I look to work with a business um, and they have an awful website, the thing I say to them is is any money that you spend on a specialist, any money that you spend elsewhere, driving traffic to your site. Is going to be ineffective if your site is not a complete conversion tool. Yeah. Um, so the example I'd give with one client is that they wanted me to do a lot of SEO. Probably going to add up to the same value of getting a new website. So I said to them, look, the websites that I build do include some SEO initial remedial work on site work. Yeah. So that's going to give you the platform to spend better with your SEO spend. Yeah. Ultimately, your site at the moment isn't very good. Yeah. Uh, conversion can be improved a lot there. But the legacy of that over the next three years is any money that you spend on SEO is going to be, you know, increase the return on investment as we started with. Yep. It's going to be increased tenfold because mm. you're pushing traffic into a site that converts. And that's often missed. Yep. Um, that anything that you do that drives traffic towards that site, if the site doesn't convert, including the copy, the layout, um, the look and feel, um, the buying process. Yep. Um, the information you provide your customers with, if all of those aren't on song, yeah. something's off, then the likelihood of them going to someone else that does the same thing is, is infinitely increased. So there's a lot of web work going on, um, generally increased turnover over 100 grand Nice. In the next, within the next year, I would say. Yeah, uh, sure. He loves it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's that's the immediate goals of the for the company as a whole, and working generally across the whole spectrum. Um, I think the best part of what we do is working with different businesses. Yeah. Um, so one day you can be talking to a tourism person. Mm. Next day you can be talking to a person that is going to strictly come dancing to you know film with the BBC, yeah. and the next you can be talking to a health and beauty care brand. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
best part of what I do, certainly. Yeah. Um, what about when you're not working? What do you do? When's that? It's the time <laughs> when most people close their eyes and go. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I, was say, <laughs> I, I think if you, I think if you start a business, it, it's very, it's very hard on you, um, yeah. and it's also hard on the people around you in the first year or two, where where you have to devote a lot of time to the business itself in order to reap the benefits yeah. uh, of the years to come. I've always looked at building a business and a brand as as the more clients you have, the more people that know about the brand. Yeah. The more it's a bit like an octopus. The more arms you have to touch. So the more, the more clients that I get, the more client referrals I get. The more, and it, it sort of rolls on from there. If you know what I mean. Yeah. We're a you know gathering ball, much moss, yeah. all that jazz. So you've got octopus, um, rolling rocks, and moss. That sounds. Yeah. That's the perfect business plan, right there. Yeah. Yeah. That that's 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 a strategic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I think the I think the industry as a whole is only is only going to get bigger mm. in digital marketing because more and more people are understanding that they need to yeah. they need to utilize the skills of specialists in this area. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of very very good people in in this industry, and there's a lot of uh, less than good people. And I, the thing that I'd like to see for the industry to do over the next couple of years is for everybody to put more of an emphasis on the revenue you create for your clients yeah. so that people yeah. understand what it is you're doing and, and you don't cloud things in a, in a cloak of technolo technological jargon, yeah. you don't talk in acronyms, you say this is what I'm going to do, this is why I'm doing it, this is why we're doing this first, yeah. this is what it's going to generate and ultimately the more money you generate for the client, the more they're going to spend with you yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that approach separates the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. Yeah, another yeah, metaphor. Another metaphor. Nice. Um, where you know the the less than good people are going to be doing the wrong thing. They're not going to be doing it effectively, and the return that you get is either going to be less than what you spend, mm. or marginally above it. As yeah. opposed to if you get the right person, they're going to make you money, and that's going to be a long term relationship because they're going to continue to make you money. Um, and once you've got more money, it's easier to make money. I remember um, sitting down with a customer. Um, it was kind of during the consultation page, and I said, "Okay, ultimately, how much do you want to make?" Yeah. And he tried to throw me when two million. I was like, "Okay, that's fine. So that's going to require an investment of a million." And he's like, "All right, you're serious." I was like, "The level of money that you want me to return is almost negligible. I actually need to know how realistic it is compared to your budget. That's what the yeah. question really is." Yeah, and the amount of people who've turned around and say, "Do you know my web designer has not once asked me how much money I want to make?" I was like, "I I actually don't care about work. If you don't want to make money, I don't want to work with you. I know because it's it's not good for me. It's not good for me to invest time with you, and then your website not makes money, and I think, well, where how am I going to further this sales relationship with you?" One thing that worries me more than anything about web designers is the is the ones. Usually, if you if you work with if you work with a proper techie techie guy, you'll sit in a dark room, headphones on, coding, and you know, dark you'll grunt occasionally. But what that means is it's completely removed from your customer. Um, and when you're building a if you're building a site, yeah. your customer needs to be in front of you all the time. It almost needs to be you know up on the up on the top left hand hand corner. Yeah. Who who are your customers? Right, they're they're women, they're men. Yeah. What are they interested in? What do they look like? What do they smell like? Where do they spend their time? Why do they buy from you? Why yeah. don't they buy from you? Yeah. And have that in the top corner of your screen when you're building a website. Yeah. Because ultimately, if you build a website that is just, well, I'm building a website, yeah. 
you go back to that return on investment. Yeah. It, it can't be maximised if you don't take any consideration into who it's for. Um, you know, I, I go to a, a WI meeting, and if I go with loads of male propaganda, then I'm not going yeah. to come away with much business, am no, I? No. Um, so if you don't, if you don't know your audience um, and you don't cater to them, then then there's little, there's probably little point in what you're spending. No, totally agree. Really good point. Really good point. Yeah. Who would have thought it'd be all about the customer? Mental. It's that kind of outside the box thinking, Mark. That's gonna, you know, that's dangerous. It's gonna take you far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you could, you're fix, dangerous. Yeah. If you could fix one thing about your business, what would it be? I've got a magic wand. If I could fix one thing about my business. It would be um, the balance of time that you spend between procuring business and getting it in, and actually doing it. Yeah. Um, and also, I think, I think client client management of expectations because. People will often be coming to you that you could be, you know, particularly if you if you deliver trust, you could be the first time that they're working with an online specialist. Yep. They could be the, it could even be the first time they're working with a specialist that's coming into their business to help them grow. Yep. Um, and with that, there are there are only assumed expectations to deliver it. So delivery could be in terms of um, what it looks like, could be the amount of time that it takes to deliver, yep. Um, yep. Or, or what it is they're getting for their money. So. The, the one that I'd focus on is, is expectation over time delivery because um, it's often as, as clients and, and both sides of the spectrum can see it both ways where a client will often think, well, I'm the only thing that they're working on at the moment, so I mean, why hasn't this been done yet? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's managing and understanding expectations of, of clients yeah. and delivering yeah. on them because ultimately if people work with me, all of my clients do end up making money. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've certainly got one that's increased turnover by... 250% inside six months. Wow. wow. Um, which equates to about £100,000. Um, so, you know, again, if, if I hadn't had that reporting in, uh, yeah, business has picked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's excellent. That's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, man managing expectations and, and delivering on time and, and yeah. helping them understand the, the value of what they're getting. Yeah. Um, is paramount to to building a longer term relationship because I don't I don't ever really want to do one bit of work for a client and then leave them yeah. not purely because you know I'm, I'm obsessed with revenue or anything but yeah. because I want to help their business yeah. grow yeah. and as their business grows I grow with them and we can do more stuff we can we can integrate email we can start doing campaigns yeah. start doing product launches new service launches and we can we can sort of grow together. No. Sounds very cheesy, but ultimately that that's that's what you want to do as a as an online professional. I, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. Spot on. Yes. Um, and it should be really the centre of anyone who does anything sort of digital creative is mm. focusing on the uh, the return more than anything. I think. Um, yeah. Cool. So we're a fraction over time. What I'm going to do yeah. now is we're going to jump into the lightning round. Oh hell! I've no, well, I've no idea what I call it this because I always go off on a tangent. Is it really slow? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes forty-five minutes. Um, but, In ten minutes, explain your passion. Yeah, yeah. Like we'll uh, we'll try and breeze through it, and I'll try and yeah. I'll try and keep my follow-ons yeah. short. Um, yeah. So, what's the first thing that any business that uses email marketing should know? Um, oh, that's a that's a tricky question, you know. Priorities, mate. The the first thing that you should know is that Mailchimp is a very good system, but don't use a Mailchimp template because you won't differentiate yourself from anybody else's brand. Okay, that's good. And it probably won't do you justice either. Okay. Um, in no other area of business would you get something for free yeah. and expect it to be the best. 
That's good. No, I like that. That's good. No, cool. Um, yeah. What's the most successful way you found customers? Most successful way I found customers initially through Twitter, actually, and social media. Yeah. Um, but generally, word of mouth is very, very powerful. Mm. And how you can facilitate that with your customers through email is also a, a, another valuable tool of, of using it. That's good. No, I like that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, how do you stop competing on price? How do I stop competing on price? I work with a salesperson actually, he's a client, and he says uh, very wisely to me that you, you're never too expensive, you're just talking to the wrong person. That's good. Yeah, no, I like that. No, and I think good. bear that in mind with whoever you talk to, that ultimately this is the value of my service, yeah. and this is the return you're going to get from it. Yeah. You keep it in that box, then ultimately if they don't come to you, they weren't the right customer no, for you. Really good point. In fact, that's a really good point, and that helps a lot of the guys I work with, particularly on this service, they have a confidence issue in that department. So yeah, it doesn't even have to be down to you guys. It can I won't be the cheapest, I won't be the most expensive, yeah. but I know I will be the best value. Yeah, no, that's really good, I like that. Uh, business cards, yes or no? Yeah, no. Yeah, why? Why, because- I hate business cards. Go to, go to anyone, um, Go to anyone that's been to a networking event, they will often measure their success <laughs> on business cards that they have derived from that event. Yeah. <laughs> You'll go back to the office, and I've seen it before. How'd you, how'd you get on? 12 business cards? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. I don't, I, Sorry, did sure. you say Pokemon cards? or yeah. 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 yeah, you know those little Pog things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally agree. No, I hate them too. Um, how do you convert users who visit your site into customers? I think ultimately the, the majority of people that visit my site will um, be gaining some level of value. So I do a lot of blogging, yeah. uh, a lot of advice articles, and they're, they're tailored to people that will be visiting the site. So business owners, small business owners. Um, ultimately, when they talk to me, um, I think the thing that people often worry about is that you're going to get a technical conversation, that you're going to get a sales conversation. Yeah. Um, with me, I'm very, very talkative. You'll probably be on the phone for 20 minutes, but you won't feel a like you've been sold to, or b like you talk, you've spoken with Bill Gates. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those two things, and, and generally taking time to talk to people about their business, what makes them tick, what makes the business tick. And ultimately, how you can help them achieve that tends to tends to increase conversion purely because I have an interest in the people that I work with. I have an interest in their business. That's centered to who I am, yeah. what I do, and and people like that because people like to think that people are interested. Awesome. No, well, they are in this respect. Yeah. <laughs> well, that helps as well. I do. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite project management tip? Project management tip. It would. See, this can go either way. If you're doing a web build, mm. do give your client access as you build. Yep. But don't do it until you're at a stage at which progress has been made. So the, 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 the issue that you often get with clients is that if they have access to a web build, and this goes back to expectations about the number of clients you're working with and sites you're working on, mm. They all go in, and I've done this as a, as, a, as a customer as well. You'll go in, you'll log in every sort of two hours and go, he's not worked on it since breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. He's on lunch. Yeah. 9 a.m. on Monday. Why hasn't yeah. this changed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it can be, and you know, it's, it's difficult to convey that sometimes a website, the front end, there might not be anything going on, but yeah. there might be a lot going on on the back end, or they might not have added it to the menu and stuff. So. Have that, have that conversation with your client, yep. keep them involved, 
but also give them the caveats that they may not be seeing all the work that's going on. Yep. And also, I think I've always found it helpful to have a, a percentage completion little graph. That's cool. So, you know, you are here, here's completion, you're at 50%. What do we still need to do and have parts put into that? Because people people love putting their figures, how, how close are we to completion? And you can say, oh, I'll be completed within two weeks. Yeah. But if you can say we're 80% through, yeah. the only things that I need from you are X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it's finished no, that's good. next week. No, that's good. Um, it just gives a little bit more of a tangible. Yeah. Well, I like that. Yeah. Well, if you're fruity, you can fill that up with colours and stuff. I don't know, whatever you're into. Go nuts. Yeah. Um, well, my next question was going to be how do you keep customers on track, sort of on the, other, yeah. on the flip side? Um, <clears throat> I think it's a little bit like having it. It's going to sound very, very crass, but it's a, it's a bit like running a building site. And uh, when you build a house, you need the materials at mm. certain stages of the project. You don't ask for them. To be delivered to site when you need them, yeah. you ask for them in advance. Yeah. So again, it's, it's very much you should the the client shouldn't have to manage the project. You should manage the client through the project yeah. because you're the specialist. Yeah. So two weeks in advance of needing content, give them a couple of weeks. If two weeks has been too much for them, give them a little chaser after a week, see yeah. how they're getting on, have they made progress, um, and keep them on track. So they're delivering the information and the content that you need when you need it in order to hit the expectations that they have on their time frame. Yeah, no, that's really good. No, I like that a lot. Um, <coughs> does your business have a referral system and how does that work? Uh, I don't have a referral system. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of in terms of working with other specialists or Yeah, working with other specialists or how do you, do you how do you get work from other other customers? Okay. I don't. I don't tend to incentivize uh, in any monetary fashion yep. um, clients to refer work to me. Um, purely because I think the most credible source of source of source of recommendation you can get is from family, friends, and people that you know, particularly in a business capacity. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. And I think if you work with if you work with B two B clients, they're ultimately going to be more likely to be in a position to refer you on. Mm -hmm. But if they're going to refer you on. Ultimately, whether or not you're incentivizing that through giving them a hundred, two hundred pounds, or whatever, yeah. um, it's not going to change their decision on whether or not they would recommend your service. Yeah. If you haven't given them a good level of service, they're not going to recommend you. So I don't focus on referrals. I focus on the service of the client in front of me. Yeah. Because ultimately, that is the thing that's going to deliver referrals to my door. Yeah, is absolutely. the service that they've got. Um, so I don't. I don't. I don't I don't think you should really need to incentivize recommendations. Yeah. Um, you certainly can after the point and say, look, you know, just wanted to just wanted to say thank you for this one, great client. You know, glad glad you're happy with what we're doing. Yeah. Should catch up, see what we can be working on next, and, and perhaps give a discount there because I think often if a client refers on tens of thousands of pounds, then you know it's, it's only right they're helping you grow your business because they're getting a good service. Yeah. That you say, right? Well, you know, I'll give you a discount on this, or I oh, know you refer this client on. You know, that's quite a client. I'll give you a bit of a discount here. Also, um, I think together, so, don't you? I think a lot of customers, it makes them look good if they can recommend a good supplier. I've <laughs> I've always said the biggest problem that most businesses have is not having reliable suppliers, and however you want to package it, a website designer would be seen as a supplier. Yeah, and it makes them look good if you do a decent job, particularly if they've got a relationship, let's say accountants and solicitors are funny ones, because I often find they work in tandem with each other. So if, do, I work, if I work for an accountant, often I will get their solicitor firm's business and vice yeah. versa, and it makes them look good as well. It's like they've given them a really like, decent lead or something. Yeah. It, um, it, tend, it tends to be, I think, when I recommend someone else on, 
gets almost my credibility on the line as well as theirs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and if it doesn't go well, yeah, I'm not going to be happy. Absolutely. Um, so so if I'm recommending someone, it's only going to be the best of the best. Yeah. Um, and particularly, you know, currently I don't work with freelancers, and the only way that I'd work with a freelancer is if I'd work with them directly. Yeah. Um, I could vet their work yeah. and know that their work is going to be up to the level of standard yeah. and have that quality system in place where the freelancer isn't ending up dealing directly with the client because I have a quality of service that my high digital offers people yeah. that has to be upheld at every point. And that's, you know, whether that's staff members, whether that's referrals, whether it's um, that's great people like because my brand is about the quality of service that we offer people and the delivery of it. Yeah. Um, and any compromise on that is going to directly Im- impact on on our reputation and and recommendations from others. Because if someone get you know if someone gets a if someone has a bad experience of a brand, they'll tell twelve to sixteen people. Yeah. If they get a good experience, they only tell four. Yeah, no, um, really good point. Yeah. So you know, as long as you deliver a good level of service, no matter what it is in this area. That level of service will determine how many referrals you get from your clients. Because I went there, you know, at the start, said 50, 60 clients. I get a lot of business from my clients' referrals. Yeah. I yeah. don't need to incentivize that because I and they know that the service I deliver to them is going to be enough for the people they're recommending to. No, really good. No, spot on. I like that a lot. That's good. Um, last one. <coughs> how do businesses like ours differentiate themselves? How do we be seen as unique? I there's there's, there's a couple areas I, I I try to differentiate myself in. One is a return on investment, and always linking it back to that adding value. Um, the other is not talking in technical jargon. Um, the majority of other people in the digital industry that I speak to um, that talk in technical jargon they love are, it, don't are, they? Are, uh, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you shroud and and. The ultimate example I give is IT people. Yeah. Um, if an IT person has a problem that they can't solve, they will shroud it in several different potential avenues in which they can solve it, yeah. or they will shroud it in technical jargon that they feel will float over your head that you won't understand. Yeah. And it's the same with digital people. If you're putting stuff into technical terms, yeah. it's not necessary. Yeah. Um, so the first one would be delivering return on investment yep. and always yep. reporting on that. Yep. The second would be cutting out technical jargon. Um, and the third one would be not always going in at the budget that the client has um, because a, a incredible sales conversation that you'll yep. have is yep. as soon as you say, right, so what's the budget in your mind for this service? Yep. People will see that as drawing the ultimate line in the sand, yeah. which you will go in at. So if someone says to you, "I've got five grand," you're going to go in at five. Mm. Ultimately, you might go in at four, but I I don't hold people to you know I've got five grand, I'm going to go in at five. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go in at four mm. if that's where the value is, if that's what I think the value of the product is. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I go in at six yeah. if I say you know I can't deliver that for five. Here is why it's going to cost six, but here is why it's worth six. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, not trying to not trying to make the most money out of your client that you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, delivering a return on investment and not talking like a technical monkey. No, that's really good. That's really good. Um, that wasn't very lightning, though, was it? No, that was good. That was fine. It was you know just over the time. Edit so that down. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut that out. That's fine. No, that's good. Really, really good. Um, how can people reach out to you? 
Well, uh. <laughs> physically, physically, you come in my office and touch me. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where you touch me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the the thing about building a brand that I always find is is make yourself as accessible as possible. Um, so through whatever, forever forum that people are comfortable and people will use different. Uh, Different people want to communicate with you in different ways. People, some people will be more comfortable by email. Some people will want to ring you. Some people will want to tweet you. Some people will want to be on Facebook. Yeah. Make sure that all of those avenues are covered and email. Um, make sure that every avenue that you can communicate with someone in the way that they want. Yeah. Same way that people will want to want to interact with content. Sometimes you'll need video. Sometimes you need infographic. Sometimes you want text. Sometimes you want long text. Yeah. Um, make sure that you're you're as accessible to the client as possible. So I'd say, how can people reach out to me? Any any way that they are most comfortable with. Awesome. I think Twitter's probably one of your fastest, isn't it? I mean, that's. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter. Twitter used to when I first set up, and there was a lot of focus on Twitter. Twitter used to bring in somewhere in the region of ten to fifteen thousand pounds worth of quotes wow. a month. Wow. Um, so I probably quoted for in the first four or five months. I think somewhere in the region of sixty thousand pounds worth of business. That's amazing. Um, and if you if you if you take that if you take that figure and go back to people that manage social media accounts. Do they deliver that for you? Um, and if they don't tell you what they're delivering, why are you paying them? Yeah, that's good. That's fair enough. Yeah, I like that. Um, any ideas who I should interview next? Any ideas who you were? Oh, I can't remember who I said last time. No, I can't. I, that's long gone. That's long gone. <laughs> that's, in, that's, in, that's in your bank somewhere, that video. No, that, well, that, it was... Um, so for those who think, we tried this podcast ages ago, and uh, my computer equipment just basically crashed and just wiped the whole recording so I was like oh that was useful um, yeah so when I was I was gutted because there were like three recordings but now it's like I've got a bank of like loads of them and very sophisticated backup systems and whatever Good. You know, technical stuff Good. Um, <laughs> but uh, alright well you, you'll have to email me over who you reckon I should yeah. be next if there's anyone else yeah. other than that Mark thank you so much for your time this has been absolutely awesome I hope, no hope you've had a good time. Loved it. Rock and roll, awesome. Well, I'll let you get on with your day and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up later for everybody else yep. out there. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Mark. Speak to you later. Cheers. Bye now. Hey guys, how was that? Uh, pretty awesome, right? I really like talking to Mark. He's uh, always got tons of stuff to say. Huge amount of advice there, particularly around making sure that you get a return on investment and that your customers get a return on investment. I hope it spoke a lot of sense to you. Uh, remember to check him out at MyHighDigital on Twitter. He's always wanting to say hello, um, or you can find him at MyHighDigital.com. Uh, we'll put the links down below. In the meantime, remember to download your free marketing plan. That's sellyourservice.co.uk forward slash marketing hyphen plan. Make sure that you download that and take full advantage of it. In the meantime, I've been Mike Killen from Sell Your Service, and yeah, get out there and sell your service.